Daddy Social is not dead. That's what Doreen Moore and Benton just said. Organic Social, Organic Social, Organic Social is not dead. Hello and welcome to episode 195 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. Well, have you heard that people say that social media only works if you put money behind it? Have you also heard that social media is dead? Do you get frustrated with your lack of engagement, low reach and poor results on social media? Well, my guest today, my friend Doreen, let's get that right, Doreen Morin van Dam is going to show us why organic social is not dead and what we can do about it. Let's get on with it right now. Welcome to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Helping you level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of Confident Live Video. Optimize your mindset and communication and increase your confidence in front of the camera. Get confident with the tech and gear. And get confident with the content, content and marketing. marketing. Together, we can go well, hello, hello, hello. Great to see you here. Thank you so much for plugging us into your ears or watching live, whether it's live or the replay. And of course, if it is the replay, do let us know in the comments by putting hashtag replay in the comments. Well, this is a very exciting week because this is the second time I've gone live. Finally getting back to the two uh, the two per week thing just in the run up to Christmas. Of course, if you're listening to the podcast, we're in January, which is very confusing. Um, but I'm really excited to, to be here today to not talk myself about this topic uh, of organic social media, but I've got a fantastic guest on today who's going to help us with this because it's a topic we've not talked about on the show before. We talked about live video, we talked about marketing, we talked about paid ads, we've talked about uh, messenger bots, but not really much about organic social media. What in earth is organic social media. Well, let's bring in my special guest today, who is the fabulous Doreen Morin van Dam, who is an organic specialist, international speaker, and certified agile marketer at Morin Media. She hosts Strategy Talks, a live stream show and podcast. You'll recognize her on stage and online by her always present orange glasses, a nod to her Dutch heritage. Welcome to the show, Doreen. Great to have you here. <laughs> Thank you for that wonderful welcome. I I love talking organic social, so I'm well, I'm ready, Ian. <laughs> well, I hope you forgive me. I kind of massively uh, butchered your name in the introduction because I, I got all flustered, but. Anyway, you're still here. You haven't gone off and a half, which is great. I have not. I have not. No, it's fine. It's very confusing. The first name is Dutch, the last name part of it is Dutch, and then it's American. And yeah, it's fine. Yeah, well, it's it's those of us who, who don't just have one name. We've got like middle, I've got a middle name, and that sometimes confuses people. In fact, mm-hmm. sometimes I get uh, emails to like, Dear Anderson, hi Anderson. I think that's my middle name. Why are you calling me by that? But uh, anyway, it's just the way of things. So where are you dialing in from today? 
I'm in Vermont, um, Pittsfield, mm. a little teeny tiny town north of Killington, Vermont. Um, we're slated to get a huge, a first big snowstorm of the season starting tonight um, up to maybe 12 inches, which is over 25 centimeters of snow. Um, we live 15 minutes from the mountain. So guess what I'll be doing tomorrow? skiing i'm so excited wow that sounds cool yeah we don't there's no no skiing around here it's just cold and wet in manchester mm -hmm. in the uk but that sounds awesome um yeah. so we we met i i mean i remember this i, I remember going for i think it was a starbucks i remember going for a coffee with you in san diego yeah. back in 2015 i've got i've got yeah. in fact i should have loaded them up in advance some photos of us um but uh that was my first ever social media marketing world. My first social media Same conference in the States. Yeah. Um, how, do, do you remember much about that conference? Um, yeah, because I met not only you, I met um, Elisa Meredith. I met a bunch of uh, Jen Herman for the first time. I met a bunch of people um, that I had been connected with. I've been in the industry maybe five years at that time. And this was my first big investment. That was my, my whole marketing budget went to flying to San Diego, buying the ticket and staying in a hotel for four days. And um, because I was kind of nervous, I literally didn't know anybody. You and I had talked on Skype. I did that with several people, but you know, the conference was in February, I believe. So starting in January, I started reaching out to people on LinkedIn and saying, hey, do you want to meet up? before um, before the conference. So you and I had a Skype call. I did that with several other people and we made some plans because when you go to a conference alone, um, you know, it takes a lot of courage to go up and talk to people when you don't know anybody or to eat, you know, lunch by yourself or coffee. And it was just nice to know that I had a couple appointments set up with new friends. So I do remember it uh, being in the hotel uh, versus the conference center. And I had a room in the hotel, which was really nice. And um, I felt like a million bucks being there, meeting with people. It felt like coming home, like, you know, family, like everybody there was doing what I was doing and we were all curious together. It was really amazing. Yeah, I think th these kind of conferences that you go to where you're meeting peers, I mean, don't get me wrong, going to a conference where you're meeting your ideal audience is important too, but, I think our, many of us are working on our own. We, we're, it's just us, or we may have a very small team. Uh, and so meeting with other people who get what you do and understand you, speak your language, <laughs> makes such a difference. And I'd yeah. forgotten. I'd forgotten that we'd had a Skype call. It, it, that, it, it, it's coming back to me now. It's such a good idea before you go to a conference. I mean, be honest about the fact that you're probably feeling nervous about it and, mm -hmm. you know, lacking in confidence maybe. And so meeting people beforehand, doing a bit of research, jumping on Skype, there's a bit of a blast from the past. I mean, when was the last I time you know. went on a Skype call? <laughs> I know. Well, now we jump on a Zoom, right? But that was Skype. And I remember at least four or five of these calls. I'm not sure who all the other people were, but I remember uh, meeting Jen Herman and she was speaking. And I think if I'm doing the math right, she was pregnant. And so her little, you know, she's pregnant with Sabrina. And I remember bringing a little gift for her daughter, being so excited. I got to see her and meet her and be in her session. And it was really, um, it was really fun. I remember it just being so energized by meeting people who were just as 
crazy about social media as I was at that time and who were, some of them were doing some amazing things and really learning and getting confidence, as you said, from meeting them and saying, well, they're doing this. They're not any different than me. I could do this. And that was the first time I heard about podcasting and it was really cool. Really, really super cool. Yeah, it definitely was. Now, so obviously think that was back in 2015. Things have changed a little bit since then. Um, before we move on to talking about organic social media. Tell us a little bit about your background. So you said that uh, when we met in, in 2015, you, you, you'd been doing this for about five years. I think that's what you said. Like, yep. how, how did you get into what you're doing? And, and how, what have you, has what you doing then changed with what you're doing now? Just tell us a little Absolutely. bit more about that. So um, for those who don't know me, I was, um, I'm an immigrant. I moved to the U.S., um as an au pair when i was 18 and so i was a nanny for a long time then my husband and i had our own four children and so when my youngest child for started kindergarten um i was like what am i going to do with my time i've used to always being with kids and caring for kids even as a nanny i would work 50 55 hours a week right um so I, I just didn't know what to do and my husband has his own business and since he had gone and gotten his mba to the time you know, 2010, like a lot of things have changed. Can you check out this Twitter thing for me? And so I started looking into Twitter. I didn't even have a Facebook account. And one day my husband says, Hey, I bought this online course, how to become a social media manager. This could be something for you. And, um, I took the course. I decided that, you know, I better make a Facebook account. And I kind of put my, my word out myself out there on LinkedIn. I on LinkedIn said I am a social media manager and said that I was for hire as a freelancer. And a local charity came to me and said, look, we don't have any money, but we really need social media because we're doing this event and we need sponsors. So we made a deal. They gave me a title, which I didn't have credentials or credibility, right? I don't have a college degree, certainly not in communication. And I didn't, I hadn't worked in the workforce for a long time as a stay-at-home mom. So they gave me the credentials that I needed. They made me social media director for three years in the local community where I lived. And that was my title on LinkedIn, social media director for this charity. And because of that, I was able to start working with a lot of local local businesses who then hired me to do for them and paid me for what I did for this charity. So that's really how I got my start. So that was about three, four years of local social. And then I met somebody who owned an agency and it was like, ding, 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 ding. The agencies get paid like three times as much as I do. So they can afford to pay me double of what I was charging. So that's kind of where my next step was. I went outside of the state where I lived, got away from local. I did more B2B. Um, then I got into um, community management and um, started working with national brands. And then I took a strategy course, uh, learned more about strategies and really focused on organic social. I don't necessarily um, put ads out. I usually partner with somebody who does Facebook ads or Pinterest ads or LinkedIn ads if I have clients who need that and really hone in on the organic social. And um, the last three years, I've added agile marketing to that. So it's really been a progression. Um, started my podcast and my live show last year. And I just kind of go where clients need me. I, I at this time, if you ask me what I do for clients, um, I'm a content manager, 
really that's where my love is. I love blogging. I love writing. I love coming up with ideas and getting them into a system where they can get content out faster, better, more fun and have a system in place and work with them on doing that. That's really, but you know, writing the strategy for that is fun as well. That's awesome. I think we all all need a strategy. We've talked about this on the show. Social media strategies are so important. Don't just create content. Don't just go live for the sake of it. Although, you know, there's, sometimes there's, it's okay to do stuff that's fun, but needs to be a strategy as well. So yeah. I want to ask you about, I do want to ask you about agile marketing because I don't know well, I'll be honest, I don't know anything about that. I don't even know what it is. Um, but um, before we do that, just explain to us like what organic social. I, I've talked about, we've talked about pay downs before. Uh, just briefly, how would you define uh, organic social? Organic social is any content that is put out on social media that does not get boosted, that does not get paid ads behind it. So it is anything that you content creators create and best example of organic content right now that just went crazy are um, everything that's happening on TikTok. Yes, you can put ads on there now, but the platform didn't grow because it had ads. It grew because it had great content. That's all organic, right? So there definitely is an algorithm behind it on TikTok on what you see and what you do, but any piece of content that you put out um, that is shown to people on the merit of it being good content, um, going maybe a little bit, you have a, a good um, sound behind it if it's a video, um, and it just is content that people that that people love. I mean, you can have dud content that's still organic, but if you want to grow organically, it needs to be content that people want to see. But it's any content that you create that you post to social that um, does not have a budget, an ad budget behind it. Yeah, well, we definitely need some help with that, and so we're hoping that you're gonna <laughs> solve all our problems. But sure. before, just before we do, just what, just briefly, what is agile marketing? Because I am, I am eager to know. All right, so agile marketing is a way of creating content that gets you better content faster in a happier team. That's really how I can say it. Um, agile um, framework comes from the software industry. Um, it was put together um, years and years ago, and there is an Agile Manifesto. If you want to check in Agile, agilemanifesto.org. It is four values, 12 principles, and when you apply those to marketing, um, it just really talks about team um, cohesiveness. It talks about um, you know mindset, having an Agile mindset. It's not about doing agile things or having a tool that makes you do things faster. It's understanding and having the mindset that when something happens, especially with social media in the world, that you need to um, add to your social strategy, um, you can add that because you're agile, you're on your feet. You're, it's talking more with your clients more frequently, more often, having those touch points almost every day, having these meetings, these check-ins. Hey, what are you working on? What did you accomplish yesterday? What are you working on today? And where are you stuck kind of questions with your team? So you really work together and nobody owns necessarily the content or the project necessarily, except if there's a project manager might own it, but they're not creating the content, but everybody works together. And when you set up a team like that and you create content like that, it is beautiful because it's not like one brain and two brains equal the power of two brains. It equals the power of three or four brains, right? When you start thinking together and creating content together, it's exponential. 
and in a nutshell, that's what it is. There are definitely some practices. There's an infinite amount of agile practices that you can adopt as a marketer. Um, I am writing a book about it. There's going to be four that I really concentrate on. And even just one daily practice, which is a stand-up meeting with yourself every day and ask yourself these three questions. What did I accomplish yesterday? What am I working on today? And where am I stuck? Will help you move forward. Because if you're honest with yourself and you say, I'm stuck because I'm supposed to start a podcast, but I don't know where to start. And every single day, that's your same answer. Maybe you know that that's, that you're the, you're the reason you're stuck, right? But maybe it's because somebody else is not giving you the content that you need. Or maybe you're afraid to make the phone call and it's time to hire somebody, right? When you answer yourself and you have this daily check-in with yourself or with your team, that really helps you move forward. So many times we don't do the check-ins, deadlines go past, and we just kind of let things slide. But having that, that, that daily accountability piece um, is what really makes Agile move forward. Love that. That's really good. Yeah, I've heard of Agile in terms of software development. So it makes sense that it, it's it's basically the marketing version of that. And I think having a daily meeting with yourself is really good. I, I'm so I've just hired a, a new assistant. I've so I've got two now. And one of the things that I that they're helping me with is with organization and management, all that, which is really, really helpful. But I'm thinking actually the thing that I really need to probably do more often is exactly what you're saying, uh, which is, you know, asking those questions each day. Let's go back to organic. So one of the questions, one of the things I've put down here, isn't it dead? Well, I think we all know it's not dead right? organic because I know, I know that's going to be your answer. So I'm not going to ask you that. <laughs> isn't it dead? But it's certainly changed, hasn't it? Since back in 2015, it's changed a lot. Um, and it is more difficult. So with, with live video, for example, when I first went live in 2016, he just went live and, and you get loads and loads of viewers, whereas now it's a lot more difficult. Content's changed. You, you mentioned TikTok and Instagram Reels and things like that. So how, how has it changed and how, how should we be approaching organic social uh, in 2022, 2023 and beyond? There's a lot of different ways to approach it. The first thing that I would do, if, I, if you were asking me, well, what should I do or what kind of content should I create? I, I'm going to ask you, who are you trying to reach? right? Because I do get clients come to me and go, oh, it used to be, oh, my neighbor told me I need to be on Pinterest. And I'd be like, well, why? Well, they couldn't answer me why they just heard somebody say and that's happening now with TikTok. Oh, you know, my colleague's husband's father said I should be on TikTok. Well, if you don't know why you need to be on there, then that's a problem. And if you don't know if your audience is on there, that's a problem too. So first, we want to look at who is there that you want to talk to. And then it's about creating the kind of content that they might engage with, right? Um, as far as what's working or not, I wanna kind of start, actually that's a good place to start, is you mentioned that when you first went live, you got a lot of um, uh, you know, viewers and a lot of traction. So if you're looking to create social media organic content, I would urge you to look at each platform and what new things and new features are there. Because each platform, when they push out a new feature, this is the not, not a very big secret, but you might not have really thought about this, is when they push out a new feature, they really want content creators to use it. One example mm -hmm. was last year, LinkedIn pushed out newsletters. First, they, they pushed it out to some beta users, then the content creators got it. And when I started my newsletter last year in November, it had been, that was a kind of a new feature, been around maybe six months. 
And I got a huge amount of subscribers. And since then, I've tried to replicate that for some of my clients. And it's kind of watered down a little bit. The feature isn't quite as new anymore. Yes, we're still getting subscribers. Yes, we're still getting reach, but the reach isn't quite as big as when the feature was new. Same thing happens with re with reels, right? Reels were, when it was first happening, maybe beginning this year, reels were it, that was it. And now it's getting saturated again. So even Instagram is saying, hey, you know, uh, static pictures work, you know, try some new things. Um, but when a platform pushes out a new feature, you, if you're creating content, especially organic content, go test it, go try it out, embrace it, go use it, go, go, go wild, because that's where you get the most free organic content and reach. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because I think that's always been the case with all the social networks. There's something new and they want to they want to push it. And that was certainly the case with live video, the algorithm. And, and of course, when we're talking about um, when we're talking about social you, with paid stuff, you, you obviously you pay it, you pay for it. But with with organic, it's all down to the algorithm and the algorithm favored live video and the algorithm used to favor Instagram reels and like who knows what it is next. And and so this is this is why I think so many businesses need people like you and me to to figure this stuff out. Um, but even if you if you can't hire people like us, you can do the stuff yourself and start testing it out. Um, it sounds pretty exhausting though, Doreen, doesn't it? Like it it's if that was if that's our strategy, constantly trying to um play with the new stuff all the time, that's that's hard work. Um how so how would you balance that so, with so doing it's hard the work existing and, stuff? Mm. So it's hard work and yet it's not because you should know what kind of content you put out and it's just usually different formats. Here's the, here's the biggest secret about organic social media. You don't have to reinvent the wheel and you don't have to come up with a whole lot of content. You can reuse, repurpose, reshare content that did really well if you're looking at your data, right? And you can say the same thing 25 different times, right? So if you're talking, if, so I'm a content manager, right? If I wanted to tell my, my people, my audience that I'm a content manager, I can make a video, I can make a reel, I can make a TikTok, I can write a blog post or three or four or five, right? I can write long LinkedIn um, posts, I can do a LinkedIn newsletter about content management, right? I can do an ebook, I can, it, the list is endless. You don't have to come up with new ideas, you can repurpose and reformat these and then you can reuse them by by adding a number or a season. So say, and this is an example I use all the time. Um, say uh, I made the hurricane guide for South Carolina homeowners. I actually made did this for a client. Um, every year we have the updated hurricane guide for South Carolina homeowners. But I could also make a hurricane guide for North Carolina homeowners, or a hurricane guide for renters, or a hurricane guide for the elderly that live in South Carolina. Think about it, right? A lot of the content stays the same, but it's how you package it, how you make it. You make it a live video, a recorded video. You make it a short video. Um, you do an interview, you do a podcast. The, the formats of the content change, but the topic stays the same. And that's the key to creating good organic content.
Mm, that's really cool. So it focus on the on the content and then pick the format depending on the situation. And so like, I, I want to hear your thoughts really on my strategy um, and what I teach a lot of my clients. And, and feel free to disagree with this. So like, I, I'm not or be offended. Um, or maybe you can add some extra bits to it. Uh, but what I what I find with a lot of people, and and I'm the case study here because creating content I've always found is hard work. Like blog posts have done so well for me, but the amount of effort that goes into them, it's just it's it's excruciating. So I found with live video, the great thing about live video, like for example today, obviously I planned. Uh, the questions I'm going to ask you today, and we, we, you know, I, I invited you on, and we would have had a, had a conversation. So there's there is some time that goes into it, and obviously I'm on episode 195, so I've got a bit of experience there. Um, but the great thing about this is because I, th- because I just go live. We're, we're having this conversation now in in 45 minutes, an hour. That's that's the content done. That is the content done, and then from that I can then repurpose into blog posts into little video snippets and to the podcast and all that kind of thing. Uh, so do you do you think that is a, a good strategy with in terms of what you've been talking about? But how would how do we keep on top of the algorithm changing um, and refocusing uh, the, the 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 repurposed bits to to get the best out of out of that? Yeah, I do exactly what you do. I, I, I gauge and I have an, I interview my new clients and see whether they are writers or if they want to, or they're talkers, right? If you're a writer, you, you're, you're, it should be a blog first strategy. You write and then from there, maybe you make a short video, then maybe you do quotes and, you know, go from there. If you're a talker, you can do video first and then we can create all that other content, which sounds like is what you're doing, including creating a podcast from the live show, which is also what I do. Um, as far as, you know, going, going beyond that and, and figuring out what to talk about, um, I do a lot of keyword research, Ian. And so I would say to people, get your anchor content, right? What are your clients? Who are you trying to reach? What are their pain points? Create content around that. So you can have conversations. You can fix or you can help them get through a pain point, right? So if you, you and I both help people create content, you can say, um, are you in one of those places where you create content for a week straight and then don't post for three months, right? And people might say, oh my gosh, that's me, right? So they connect to that pain point where they they run out of time or they run out of, out of ideas. So that's one. The other thing to remember is, Ian, and, and I give my clients permission to do this. At any point, even if I have a strategy, if you have real content that's happening right now in the moment, use that and insert that in whatever you already have planned. There is almost nothing better than content that's happening in real life. So trending, right? Last week, um, I've got a couple of adult sons and they were sending me their Spotify wrapped stats. And it was really cool. I'd never seen it. I, I'm not a music listener. And when I work, I need quiet. Um, but they listen to a lot of music and the Spotify rap thing was really exciting. So I showed it to a client who happens to be millennial and she's like, oh my God, I love mine. Can we make one for the business? So we jumped on that trend and it had to be pretty fast because everybody was sharing their rap, which is about 10 days ago when that happened. And so we made one for her business and that's the best post we've done in the last four months. It was not planned. It was 
you know, a fun project. We've worked on it together. And so, you know, now that she saw that, she's she understands that if something happens in the office if there's you know a client that's really happy or somebody sends her kudos whatever it is that we can fit that in to the anchor content is what i call it is where you're trying to reach people and you're trying to you know educate people that fun content that trending content um has a place in there as well and that's a great way to attract new people a new audience where you you don't want to get stale you know? Yeah, we don't want to get stale. And I, I'm going to talk to you uh, or ask you another question about that. But I just see we have the wonderful Jeff C here saying, hey, Ian and Doreen, great to see you both live. And uh, I think you, that's where you met Jeff for the first time back in 2015 as well, I think. So that's where yeah. we all where we all hang out. There's a quite a cool photo of us all, I think, uh, around the table. I think yeah. I, I might be right. I have to check. Check the archives. So, um, and that, that kind of actually seeing Jeff pop up there just reminds me, I think, how important it is that we have people around us. I did a, an episode a few weeks ago talking about surrounding ourselves with a team. So, And by this, I don't mean like a, a, a paid team, you know, like a virtual assistants and people like that, although that's always a good thing, definitely. Um, but we need a team of people that we can bounce ideas off. Um, yeah. A lot of us like to work on our own. We've, we've got that, uh, the freedom that comes with that. But sometimes we can just, it's, it's tough. And I've spoken to quite a few people this year in, in our industry, but also beyond, who for various reasons just feel burnt out. And they, they, they don't have any ideas. They've fallen out of love with what they're, they're doing. I, I don't, and I don't think it's, I, I think it's redeemable. I think they can get back out of it. But what if you are in a slump? What do you do about coming up with ideas and creating content uh, like this, you know, the Spotify idea, that was a great idea, but you had to kind of, it was you who had to kind of come up with that idea. You know, it was somebody external. So any thoughts on that? Yeah. So um, I, I am, of the um, conviction this year, and I've put it into practice, the more I meet with my clients, the more ideas I'll get. So um, I have instituted that I'm meeting almost every single client every single week, which wasn't the case before, because I need to know what's happening in your business in order to talk about your business, right? So that's one thing. Um, I just, there are people who are really great with coming up with ideas and there are people who are great with implementation, people great with running a business. So that's why you need a team and you need um, people to be in your corner. Like you just said, like not necessarily a paid team, but I'm in a mastermind and I've been in a mastermind before um, with, uh, and each mastermind, this one has four women in it. And the mastermind that I was in before was all four of us were young moms um, and we were all four of us freelancers. And that was a wonderful place to talk about real things like dealing with, um, you know, ornery clients or how much to charge or how to grow a membership. And we promised that we would keep it um, under wraps and we did and we helped each other and we all went four separate ways. One took a job, one took, you know, um, there, you know, went into membership and everybody kind of did their own. And now I'm in another um, a mastermind that we started this year. And it's been massively productive. We meet every week, we do quarterly retreats. Um, it's lovely. And it's a great place to 
just to know that you're not crazy if you have an idea or when you're out of ideas to have somebody help you. And it doesn't just end with our weekly meetings. We got each other's back. And I think if you're a freelancer, if you're a small business owner, you need a circle of friends that have your back. If you're a speaker, you need to have at least four or five other speakers that send you an email and say, hey, I just applied to speak here. I think it would be great for you to speak as well. Be mm. generous with your knowledge and your education and your time with those friends and then that will come back to you that would be the the biggest thing that i would i would tell you to do um as far as ideas ideas are everywhere i mean you talk to your clients you should get ideas about what to talk about they might have a new product that just came in and they forgot to tell you that's why i meet with my clients i'll be like okay did you get any deliveries uh what are you cooking today if it's a restaurant do you have any pictures? Did you hire somebody new? Sometimes just in that meeting, I have to ask them these questions because they don't know that that information can turn into an idea. And yeah. that's where you need somebody who is that idea person. Yeah, you, you, I think quite often we're sitting on a gold mine with all these right. content ideas. And I, 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 I know I'm not alone on this. Like I, I struggle sometimes with sharing particularly on visual platforms like instagram and instagram stories because i think well my life is boring you know and and then i mean i don't do this i have this feeling so much now but i used to and like and then i and then i got a message from somebody said oh why don't you share your stories i was really enjoying them i want to see like uh what, what's happening on the in your world and so i think sometimes we we listen to that voice in our heads and uh, we we clam up and so having those people around us is so important we've got dustin stout in the house as well all the all the cool kids are here uh, he's jumped over from youtube i don't know whether i don't know whether we're having some problems with the comments uh on the other channels on linkedin and on youtube we're going to live to facebook youtube and linkedin as usual um but anyway great to see you dustin i think were you did you um go to social media marketing world in 2015 or was it 2016 I forget. Um, and he says, yeah, having people that have your back is important. It's absolutely uh, vital. I'm having a little mini conversation. Uh, Jeff and Dustin are having a conversation. Um, <laughs> so I'll let them get on with it while we talk. So, um, yeah, where did we? <laughs> I got distracted. So, okay. So this this is a question that I get asked a lot. Yeah. Um, and I don't think people are very, they're not always that enamored with my response. So I'm kind of I'm gonna ask you this. When it comes to live video, as I mentioned before, live video, it was the algorithm was skewed in its favor a few years ago. Um, that's not the case now. So we have to work a lot harder. How but how do we get more people watching us live? Admittedly, as we've just said, that is not necessarily the most important thing. So I just want to say all of this at first, because like Obviously, we've got uh, the repurposing side of things. So I've got people who obviously listen to the podcast, they read the blog posts, they look at the snippets. And as I said to you before we started recording, like even if nobody watches me live, they can still see see my picture in the in the feed. So it's not the end of the world. Having said all of that, <laughs> how do we get how do we how do we get the algorithm to work in our favor when it comes to live video? Okay, so there's a couple of things that you can do. First of all, have great content. Boom, right? Topics that your audience wants to know more about. So pay heed to what you've done. What are your best shows? I just did that for my podcast and guess what shows were the best? Anytime I talked about ads, LinkedIn ads, Facebook ads, those were my best watched and listened to podcasts. So guess what I'm doing for next year? I'm looking for a Pinterest ad person to come talk about Pinterest ads and a Google ads, right? 
my audience wants to know about ads, even though I talk about organic. So look at your data and have good content. That's one. Second, your guests are going to make a huge difference. If your guests have expertise, great. If they have a social audience they bring, even better. So pick a balance of people that you really want to talk to, that you like, people that are really great experts, and people that have an awesome social media following. You want a little bit of everything, and you want to, you, if you just have one, if you have all these great experts, but they literally have a LinkedIn profile with two followers, that's not going to help you get more viewers, right? Even if they're the great experts. So make sure they have a social media presence. So you have a little bit of balance of all of these. Um, so the content has to be great. The people have to be good. Um, and your guests have to be good. And then use all the tools that are available, right? We think that as social media people, we live on social media, right? So we think sharing it once, you know, oh, I don't want to overshare. But you know, reality is if you send out a tweet two minutes later, that tweet's gone. If you have a show coming up, you can tweet it out 10 times in two days. If you want to, you can reshare your live, you can repurpose things um, even beforehand, right? And, and, and share and get people to come. Um, if you have a topic that you know your audience is interested in, put it in your newsletter. Hey, I have this show coming up, right? There's different ways to do this and consistently do this. Um, and get people interested, tag them. Like you said, you're just mentioning Dustin and you're mentioning Jeff C. You know, mentioning them and making them feel like part of the show is also another great way to get people to come back. Um, a, another way to do it is if you have an assistant, if you have a show and you're consistent every week and you have the funds, get an assistant to come in and talk um, for you and with your audience while you're going live. Um, it's, you know, you can consider pre-recording and being live in the comments yourself or, you know, putting the comments in later or hiring somebody to be in there with you. And when you have two or three people talking in your comments, that's showing more people that you're live and more people will come and see it. Well, there we go. There, there's some golden nuggets. I'm gonna I'm definitely going to turn that into a little video snippet. That was wonderful. <laughs> really good stuff because it's, they're all, I think they're all kind of little things, aren't they? But they all add up into like a really big thing. I love the idea. And it's something I've been thinking about, about getting uh, like an assistant to go into the comments and, and do that live. It, it could be get a friend to do it. Or if you have somebody in your in your community who turns up each week, why not ask them? You know, they, right. it, it's, it's definitely a, a good thing to do and tell people about it as well. Uh, you know, use all the, the various... Um, communication platforms out there, whether it's uh, Messenger, uh, bots, if you're into that, or, or Twitter, social media, Facebook, Instagram. Um, how about, so, I, well, I, I just want to, just before I ask you the next thing, I just see, I'm just, I'm distracted by the comments, which is one of the things I teach my clients not to do, but it's just when um, there's, Dustin is, is saying some cool things there. He says, your life isn't boring, Ian. <laughs> it just might not be as photographic as all the... Uh, uh, Travel bloggers Travel, and foodies yeah. on Insta. What are you trying to say? I thought, um, idea, turn your thoughts and musings into visual quotes and share them on Instagram. Love that. And I think you might know about a tool that does that, uh, Dustin. Maybe you can tell us a bit more about that. Uh, and he says this first year with social media marketing world uh, for was 2014. Wow. 
Wow, he was there before us. He's a, definitely know. an OG. That's awesome. That's definitely awesome. an OG. And Martin McKenna, uh, McKenna's here. Great to see. And he's watching on LinkedIn. So the LinkedIn comments are working. He's just testing LinkedIn comments. Uh, so great to see you. Um, yeah, so um, I now I've got distracted and forgotten what I was going to ask you. This is always the case. So, yeah, we were talking about the different ways of um, promoting your lives and, and uh, talking about get, getting an assistant to help and things like that. Um, that was it. It was <laughs> so how do we use TikTok and Instagram Reels? So one of the things I've experimented with, and I know, Jeff, you um, have experimented with this as well and do this regularly is you take video snippets and you post it on there. So for example, I could have used your little video snip, uh, video snippet of what you just shared there on Instagram and TikTok. Is that a good idea or should we be creating fresh content that points to that content? I mean, a- any thoughts on that? Um, it's a it's a good idea. It, it, any the, the, Here's the thing to remember with organic social. The sky's the limit. Actually, your budget's the limit. That's where, that's where usually my clients and myself make decisions, right? So if you have great tools and assistant, if you have people who can do video editing and you're willing to put that in your budget, so after you go live that they can make the snippets, there's no reason not to do that, right? That's one. If you have extra time and you can record yourself doing a little um follow-up almost like an outro on hey i just recorded this podcast you need to go listen because these are the salient points that came out of it that would be even better you can also do both right so it really it's your time and your budget that is going to dictate how much you do and for me this year um to put my podcast out there and my live show um i still am serving a lot of clients and i found that if even if I invest a whole lot more money, the ROI wasn't going to really change. I experimented the first three months of, you know, creating blog posts and and paying somebody for all of that. And it just wasn't getting me the views on my blog. And honestly, I'm doing the live show to show that I have the expertise and strategy, right? So I decided that I didn't want to spend my budget on those video snippets. So I decided not to do that. And so is it a good idea? Yes. You have the budget. Awesome. Can you do both even better? That's what it comes yeah. down to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dustin says budget plus time equals limit. And he also says that's why it's important to not just have tools, but to but have the right tools to create content. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, so I, I used the script for editing my podcast and my show. And I think that is actually, I found that works really well to create those video snippets. Because at the end of the day, it's me that's creating it. I could outsource that. But like you, uh, I just don't think the ROI warrants that. Um, I I could, I, I, I looked at trans- getting my whole blog post transcribed properly, corrected, and then turned into a blog post. But again, it wasn't quite, it's not my priority. And I think we have, the other thing is we all have different seasons in our lives. So mm-hmm. some of us, you know, if you're if you're a small business, you might have kids. Uh, you may not have kids. Uh, you may be going through a season of uh, where you're not feeling. Uh, you might have some sickness, you know, and you just can't put so much towards your business. Now, if you are, if you run a corporate, if you're in a corporate business, you may have more resources there, and and that's po- that's possible. But 
you, you just you don't beat yourself up about it is what I'm trying to say. And I think that's what you're saying. You know, you don't have to do everything. So how, how do we work you out don't. what the priorities are? Like if, if we've only got, we've only got the, the, the our limit is maybe two or three things. What should those two or three things be? Obviously it's going to depend. It's going to be different depending on our businesses. It depends on your goal. Out? It depends mm. on your goal. Right. So, um, and I, I just want to say that I need to have a lesson in the script. I use the script for transcription and for audio editing. I've never used it for video editing. So I do have the subscription and I use it, but, um, <laughs> now I need to learn new things about the script. So that's <laughs> one. All right. So, uh, what is priority? So every single intake with a new client, or if you're watching, if the first question I will ask you is, what is your goal? If you don't know why you want to be on social, or if you don't know what the end result is, and goals could be anything from, um, I want more people to buy my book. I want people to go to my online store. I want new clients. I want um, offer service. I want to hire people to do work for me. I need more sales. I uh, want more speaking engagements. It could be anything, right? Whatever your goal is, you start with that. And then once you figure that out, you need to figure out tactics to get to make those goals. And you literally walk it backwards, right? So if your goal is to sell more books, well, how have you sold books in the past? If it's through a webinar, so maybe you, if you sold 500 books in one webinar, what could you sell if you had four webinars? What could you sell if you have 12 webinars? How expensive are those webinars to, to make, right? How much resources, how much budget is it going to eat up? Is it going to be worth it? So maybe not, maybe you, maybe that's what you do when you put Facebook ads to get more people to the webinar, right? But maybe all you want is two more clients, then maybe having a live show works because now you're visible every week, right? So who do you need to have on the show to have the right visibility to attract the right clients? It starts with this strategy, this high level, what you need to do in your business, it all depend on, on your goals. And then don't be afraid to test. Like I said, when I first started my, my show, the first thing I'd done is start a newsletter. That went really well. Then I said, I'm going to do a live show. Then I repurpose it in a podcast. Then I repurpose it as blog posts. And the one that didn't stick with the blog posts, nobody was reading them. So I decided to not put any, any money in there and not have somebody, you know, work on that. Cause that took time or I had to pay somebody to repurpose everything into a blog. And I decided that wasn't going to be worth it. And the same with the video snippets, you know, it took me a long time to create them and I just didn't feel it was worth it. So maybe I need to talk to Dustin and get a better tool um, or use the script for that. But, um, you know, you weigh off what you get out of it. And just for me, the worth from my show comes in meeting with a new guest every single week. That mm. is where actually my ROI comes in because I get to talk to them in the green room. I get to have two or three touch points with them. We are reconnected. My network grows. I ask them who else should I ask on the show? Um, they usually introduce me to somebody. And so my whole, my whole strategy is based on who I invite on my show and what I can learn from them and how I can network with them. I love that. That's so important. And that's one of the reasons why I have guests on my show. I mean, it seems ridiculous that the only way we can get to have a catch up and chat is to have you on my show but like we're all busy we're all busy and i uh, just being able to do that and and that's one of my big goals for next year is 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 people relationships and i want to have more people on the show but also to get in touch with people much more regularly so maybe this is my agile 
putting a bit of agile in here. I don't know, but I've I've already I'm using a tool called Notion. Um, if we want to get all techie, and I'm, I know I'm, Notion, yeah, mm. yeah. So I've got yeah, a little C, I've I've got a little CRM in there, just list of people like where I met them. Um, you're in there, Doreen and Jeff and uh, Dustin and Katie, who are all here, and it's just it's sometimes we just need a reminder. We need a system to remind ourselves to get back in touch with people. So yeah, right. And I'm going to give this as a this is a free tip for anybody. If Dustin, I see you wanted to start a show, and if you're thinking about doing a live show or a podcast, this was the most brilliant tip I got at the end of last year when I was gearing up for my first um, live show and my podcast. Somebody who runs podcasts said, "Look, Doreen, don't book three or four guests. Ask twenty. You will book twelve, and that's three months worth of content that you've booked. If you can stick with it for three months." it's a go, it's a habit. And he is mm. right. He was so right. I booked people into April, in December, into April, and the show has just kept going. And I use that same strategy this year. Ian, you're already booked. Dustin I, and Jeff, I both want you on my show and I would love to be introduced to Katie and maybe Katie, you can be on my show too. And I already have 12 guests lined up for 2023. And that is going to make the difference. So batching this stuff and then knowing what your goal is and what you want to do and meeting new people. Um, but that has been the game changer for me. Book literally, go book 20 guests or ask 20 guests and probably 12 will say yes. And now you've got a content machine. Do it. You've got to do it. Don't, don't, don't be shy. Like, so this is the other thing. If I'm going to be honest, I used to struggle with it a lot is I would I was really nervous in asking people and this is ridiculous because like a lot of the people I was nervous about like I knew them they were friends but I had it in my head that we were going to say no it's it's so just do it and if they say no it's it's they'll probably say it in a nice way so just just do it I'm just looking at the comments um so uh, Dustin is obsessed with maximizing time efficiency I think that's a really good thing to 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 be obsessed with and he also says Descript is a brilliant product i'm gonna have to chat to you a bit more about descript because it is like an amazing video editor uh, and, and and you can make, then turn it into a podcast it is it is amazing uh and uh, jeff says it has changed everything for me a great tool so katie simpson is in the house great to see you katie katie is a good friend of mine um from uh, the uk as well she's asking a, a question it's not about organic but uh, you did mention to us about uh, that you do help with with um ads as well um she says, can you do Facebook ads for one pound a day? Um, I think theoretically you can. I mean, you can set a limit. I think $5 a week, five pounds a week. I think you could. Um, it's not recommended. And again, I'm not the paid ad expert. Um, I'm the organic specialist. But yeah, sometimes you can, you know, if you have, if you, let me say it this way. If you have good traffic to your website and you have your Facebook pixel on there, you can retarget people. That would be that would be the best advice that I can give you. If you don't have a Facebook pixel on your website, figure out first if you have it. If not, put that on first, and you have good traffic. Start collecting um, the data that you need to run really targeted Facebook ads, and then just either take a Facebook ad course, hire somebody. You know, you can you can you can run them pretty pretty cheaply, um, but it really depends on who you who you target, and if you have that that audience already, um, because they're coming to your website, um, that's going to be really, really good. And that's really targeted. So that would yeah. be my advice. I mean, we, we, whichever way you look at it, whether it's paid ads or organic ads, you, you, you're you having to pay for it somehow. It's either with 
with dollars or pounds or whatever the currency is or with your time. Time, right. And so, I mean, I think uh, for for smaller businesses, maybe starting, focus focus on the organic first, which I think is what we're talking about. And then... um, then we can then then look at, at the the paid stuff. Uh, so, can, yeah. can I say something else? Have fun with organic guys. Have fun. Organic social media is fun. It should not be a chore. Share all the things. Think back if you're a business owner. Think back on the time where you were formulating your business plan when you had a service or a product that you absolutely loved. Why did you love it? Why did you pick it? How did you get started? How did you learn more about it, right? Why did you get so deep into it that you made it your business? That's the content that's gonna resonate with the audience because if you can bring that authentic enthusiasm for what you offer, either a service or a product and how you use it yourself and how it helped you and how it's helping your client, there is an endless, endless supply of piece of content that you can create. So as long as it's authentic, but have fun. Organic social media should be fun. If it's a chore, then you definitely need to hire somebody or have like a session with somebody, but it should not be a hard thing. What do you love about your business? What do you love about your team? What do you love about your office? What do you love about talking to your clients, right? That fun, that authenticity of working in day in, day out in your business, that's what you should sow. That's what organic's all about. It's so true. And this is, I see so many pieces of content and it's just, it's either like me, 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 or it's boring. And like one thing that I think, one thing that's worked really well for me with organic, um, I'm not, I'm not that strategic about this and maybe I should be, but what works really well for me on Facebook is asking questions. So -hmm. instead of me like imparting my great knowledge, which obviously, you know, works uh hopefully sometimes mm-hmm. but but it's asking questions like uh, and and people love to answer questions so have, are there any other kind of things like that um that you found work across the board universally on this or do you th- or do you think it, it just depends on you storytelling i mean i know we haven't touched on that and that's really what what TikTok and what Instagram reels are about, right? It's telling a very, very short story. So storytelling is where it's about people want to connect with people, even if it's a brand, they want to know what's going on. Um, so yeah, asking questions, making it about your audience, um, sharing an insight, um, polls are doing really well on LinkedIn because again, you ask for somebody's opinion, right? You want to get to know the people as much as they want to get to know the people behind your brand. You want to get to know the people that are buying from you, right? Behind your customer, your client, who are they and what are the pain points? And here's a brilliant example. Years ago, um, I read this case study on Pampers, which is diapers, right? Um, nappies, as you would call them in the UK. Um, and they did some research and they found out that their most of their users were online at 2 a.m. You know what's happening at 2 a.m., right? It's a midnight feeding <laughs> of this new mom. And so they started, they hired a community manager who was on from midnight to 7 a.m. and started talking because if you're, whether you're nursing or giving a bottle, you know, moms would be worried and scared, especially if they're new and they felt lonely and the only one in the world that are awake and they're tired and exhausted. But yet there was somebody in that community on the other side of the phone that understood them, that connected them with the other moms. 
that's what organic social is all about, you know, building community, but understanding what people need and, and give them the right content. And that was a brilliant move. And they built this huge community based on that one insight that they got. Well, I love that idea. I'm not sure I particularly want to get up at two in the morning, though. But uh, hiring somebody who can help, that's a, that's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, Dustin says, dang, another reminder, I need to do my own show. You do, Dustin. You need to come on my show. Uh, you are on the list as well. I just I, I just don't know what's got on. Not got around to asking you, but please come on. Uh, and Dustin says, Notion is great and share that system. I, yeah, I will. I will. I'm just trying to work it out at the moment. And asking questions is one of my secret weapons. Um, absolutely. Uh, now, Dustin is getting really into the AI thing. I've, I've seen quite a few of his posts. And I've, I keep on meaning to actually ask Dustin about this. He, so I used our AI to generate 30 great questions one day and have been slowly feeding them out on social. Such a great way to get to know people better. And I suppose that is, you know, I've been fiddling around with this chat GPT uh, thing that's come out. And Me too. It's really interesting. I, I think sometimes what I found that's helpful with is not to completely replace. I don't think I would necessarily want to. I think I would feel it's slightly kind of disingenuous to just pump out the output but to get ideas it's really good uh, if you're if you're struggling with some thought uh, with what to talk about then getting some ideas from an from ai i mean who'd have thought it but yeah <laughs> yeah and even um i've used it to re re repurpose um myself i have um keynotes that i do or speeches and so if i transcribe them and throw them in what i found is they give me a great summary so say you want to use a case study and you have this you know, this information, but it's not really in a workable format that you put on your blog. If you put that in that chat, uh, GPT or GTP, whatever it was, um, it gives you a synopsis, which is another great way to, to use it. Um, so yeah, I've, I've, you know, kind of played with it as well. And um, I definitely think for those who either don't know what to write or feel like their writing isn't up to par, um, feeding it ideas or getting ideas from it, you can use it both ways, right? You either feed it ideas and it gives you uh, writing or you give it writing and they give you that idea and that synopsis. It can work both ways. It definitely can. And uh, Dustin says, AI is just the catalyst to kickstart your creativity and put it into overdrive. Yes, love that. Well, we're out of time. I, I just feel there's so many more things I want to ask you. Uh, so you're gonna, you're just gonna have to come back on the show as long as I haven't frightened you off. Uh, that's no, you I've... haven't, and you're and you're scheduled for my show, so that's that's great. I'm well, that's true. To have you on. That's yes. true. Yeah, and I'm so looking we'll forward to that again. Definitely. So, how can people find out? Tell us about what, what you're focused on uh, next. What what's your? You've mentioned a, a book. Uh, but tell us a little bit more about that and and what you're working on, and and then. How can people find out more about you and, and stalk you in a nice way? Yeah, so I'm writing a book about agile marketing. Agile really, agile marketing right now is is used in corporations, right? It came from software, as I said before. And so I want to bring it to the small businesses, to the Ian Andersons and the Dustins and uh, the Jeff C's and myself, right? I figured out a way to use agile marketing, even if I'm a team of one uh, or two or three uh, versus having big teams. So that's what I'm writing. That's what I'm working on. I've put it into practice the last three years and now I'm ready to show the world what I've learned. Um, I'm available everywhere online as more in media. 
which is the name of my business, or you can look for me for Doreen Moore and Van Dam with the orange glasses. I'm pretty much on almost every platform. And I, the platform I'm most active on right now um, is LinkedIn, but I'm also happy to connect on Facebook. But LinkedIn is really um, giving me uh, a lot of exposure and um, I love chatting business there and showing off content and having conversations and networking really. Um, so I love LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, yeah, I hope that LinkedIn is a focus for me next year. So maybe you can help me drag me over to LinkedIn because I've been meaning to do this for a long time. Thank you so much, Doreen. It's been great to have you on the show. Do follow Doreen on all those social platforms. Uh, she is awesome. And, uh, you know, you can ask her some questions. And uh, if, if you wanted to ask some questions and, and didn't get the chance to, do check out the podcast, iag.me forward slash podcast. Uh, it comes out every single Friday. And uh, this episode should be somewhere in sometime in January, February time, I think is when it comes out. But that's it for this week. Thank you so much. And until next time, I encourage you to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of Confident Live videos. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Make sure you subscribe at iag.me forward slash podcast so you can continue to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, toodaloo. Organic social is not dead. That's what Doreen Moyen Van Dam just said. Organic social, organic social, organic social is not dead.